So I'm going to open with a word of prayer. I thank you for joining us today at Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries Discussion in the Bible. Man, we are so glad that you could join us, Dr. and Evangelist Denise and myself. We're just happy to get into the word, to just expound on it and how good God has been. Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for another day. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so good to us. We ask you, Lord, to continue to strengthen us, to continue to, to work your way through our lives and to help us to understand your word, to send your Holy Spirit to speak through us as we continue to discuss your word, that it may edify our hearts and reach and teach others. We bless your name and we love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So tonight's discussion, we're talking in Romans chapter 10. And the subject God gave us tonight was laying aside the weight and the sin. Mm -hmm. And I thought of that as being a great subject because of everything that we talked about up to this point from Romans, the first chapter, how Paul uh, wanted to meet with the Roman believers and his introduction and how he, you know, brought about a case. I'm going to say a case because the way that he talked about the scriptures, the way that he outlined it was like he was presenting the word of God to the other people, to the rest of the people that were believers. So what was happening in the background back during that time when Paul was um, visiting and writing to these churches, you know, they were being severely persecuted. And in their persecution, you know, they were looking for hope and they wanted to know what was the right way? How do we stay faithful? How do we stay connected to this new gospel that we believe in? And so there was false, there was false teachers going out there. There was false apostles out there saying and doing. And those Judaizers, let's not forget them. They were out there talking, oh, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow the law. So Paul wanted to set a lot of things straight. Plus Paul had a colored uh, background a checkered background, so to speak, where he was the main persecutor of the saints. So a lot of people didn't believe who he was when he came. They thought he was like a spy or, or somebody just trying to trip them up. You know, like and sometimes when you go into these behind enemy lines, you have people that proclaim that, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can help you. And then they turn you over to the enemy. And then you, there you go in the firing squad. But... Um, Nonetheless, Paul had his work cut out for him, but God chose the right person because Paul was able to go from, uh, from the law point perspective and then from the spiritual um, good news perspective. And that's where we at. Paul starts to talk to them about um, their sins and what, what it constitutes sins and the wages of sin is death. So you know, for the Jews, believing in Jesus was very difficult. And it was difficult for the Jewish people because of the teaching and culture that, that taught about keeping God's commandments. As children, many of them learned 
the laws and definitions of sin. They were also told that in order to be found righteous in God's eyesight, they needed to uphold a standard of holiness according to the old laws, the Old Testament laws and commands. However, as time continued, the Israelites found themselves constantly on the fence about whether they wanted to be God's chosen people or if they wanted to embrace other cultures and customs. The weight of knowing God but not following him must have been hard for them. But the enticement of their carnality and popularity outweighed the spiritual teachings that they grew up hearing. The Israelite Bible specifically instructs them, thou shalt not kill or bear false witness and worship other gods. Yet they still chose to disobey the one true God. Their complicit behavior to allow the Romans to crucify a man that proclaimed to be fully man and fully divine began the process of redemption for the world. Although the Jewish leaders during this time did not believe that Jesus is the son of God, when he expressed it to them, he expressed to them and said, he that believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And his other words were, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. One final word to them that Jesus spoke was when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You see, Jesus still understood that their role in salvation and reconciliation started with them. So Paul represents to the listeners in Rome, the proposal. And after he outlined his case that the chosen people needed redemption and reconciliation, he went on to, to talk about in each chapter that his case was for them, the redemption and salvation and Jesus' mission on earth was to preach first to the Jewish people. So that's important to understand today and the subject after reading that, we can kind of put together that one of last week's points was, what shall we say then? that the Gentiles, which follow not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. So some of the key things that we want to talk about is the, the, the laying aside and how in this script, in this, the main verses here in Romans 10, Paul goes on to talks about and he expressed to them that, you know, y'all, y'all really need to get this. Y'all really need to get this. And this is what I'm saying to you all. And I'm going to read the first four verses where it says, brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. 
For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So see, Paul wanted to let them know that you all have that zeal. You all have that understanding. You all have that purpose that you all grew up with, you know, and sometimes when people grow up understanding something, they feel like they are an elite person. They feel like they it's their right or their privilege to be able to stand on something. You know how you, like when you go to high school and you, you in your freshman year, you just starting out, you're not knowing which way to go and, and you got your, your, your schedule out and you're walking through each one of the, the halls trying to find the classroom before the bell ring. And then you see the senior, the senior comes up and say, oh, don't worry about it. I know, I know where to go. Come on, I'll take you, you know, and he leads you, they lead you to your room, uh, your homeroom, and you're there right in time for class, you know, and that's the way the, 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 the Jewish people believed at that time, because they had the word, they had the Old Testament scriptures, they had the laws, they had a zeal for understanding who God was, who God is, his, his commands, his precepts. However, they were ignorant of one specific thing, it was God's righteousness. And God's righteousness was um, his saving grace, his saving power, his, 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 his desire to reconcile mankind. And the importance of understanding that is reconciliation doesn't come by just in, in God's eyesight. Reconciliation did not come just by the Jewish people trying to uphold the law, the 613 laws, because they could not do it. And so they fell into more sin because the more that they tried to uphold the law, the more the enticements of sin was there. The Bible shows us and tells us throughout the, the commands how God, you know, invoked these commandments. Do not do this. Do not do that. Do, do not, you know, worship other gods. Do not have other gods before me. But yet we saw countless times throughout the Old Testament scriptures how the susceptibility of the Israelites to fall up under Canaanite worship and idol worship where they started to uh, worship Astra and Baal and all those other gods of the Canaanite gods. And they thought it, it felt good to them because they were connected in a way where they said, well, God is just a spirit. We believe that he's with us or, you know, we think that he's with us. But this idol here, I can see this idol. And, I can, and, you know, sometimes we get into a place where we see things tangibly and then we begin to believe tangibly that those things are the, the righteous things to do. And then we go on with that understanding and we start to teach and talk about it and have that in our spirit. But the righteousness of God is our faith walk. The righteousness of God is how we perceive God as being a spirit and our worship in him must be in spirit and in truth. And this was, was uh, Paul's um, discussion with them in the first four chapters. He, he said, for, for you all are ignorant to God's righteousness because they were up on the law. And we know from previous chapters, he said that the law cannot save. 
and the the law kills, but the spirit um, gives life. And that was the message that he wanted them to know. And that was verse four. He said, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness and for to everyone uh, who believes. <clears throat> so the law for righteousness was the weight. And that's the main, one of the purposes for the subject is the, the weight of the law. You know, it must have been terrible for the children of Israel to know that God delivered them from Egypt, that God kept them through the wilderness. God uh, gave them the strength to fight those battles and, and possess the land. And God sent his son, the Messiah, to, redeem, to reconcile them back to the father. But because of their ignorance and because of their righteous thinking that they knew God more than anyone, but they didn't read in the Bible where God said they, that he would send, uh, he would send the, the promise, that he would send the savior. And that was in the scripture, but they kind of skated over that part because they was looking for, at that time, they started looking for a militant Jesus, a militant leader, someone that was going to uh, free them from the tyranny of Roman rule and, and establish them as a, a nation and a people at that time. But they missed Christ. And when we are trapped in, in the sin of thinking that we know everything, and sometimes pride could be our sin. And a lot of times when we are just set in our ways with the old laws, with the old customs and the old traditions that we do every day, just like us today, we have to, under, we have to find Christ in our lives and we have to lay aside the weight and the sin that we do daily. And, I enjoy, and what I enjoyed about these, these verses preceding up to the main one is that Paul is still giving them one opportunity, one last chance, one last request, one last time to talk, to turn from their ways. He's telling them that they're, they're, they're missing the mark. And then he goes on to say, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above or who would descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. See, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. See, Paul wanted them to know that, okay, don't worry about which way or which place or which area where Jesus is coming from? Is he coming from the ground? Is he coming from the air? Where will we see him at? And, and there were all these questions among those uh, Jewish people. When was Jesus going to return? When, when is he going to, you know, reconcile and bring everybody up from the dead? And when, you know, they had all these questions and then they were looking into some of the the other scriptures and some of the other texts about the counting the days and the hours when he's going to come. And 
Jesus told them, no man know the day or the hour that I was going to return, that I'm going to return. So he said, just be prepared, be watchful, pray and believe. So Paul wanted to really make that point to them, to let them know that if God is it, if you have Christ in your heart, if you have the faith to believe, if you have the, the understanding to know that the man that died on the cross was fully, fully man and fully divine, if you could believe that unto righteousness and you believe it in your heart, that's what we believe. That's what Paul was telling. That's what we believe. That's what we preach. And here's your opportunity. See, they didn't have an opportunity up to this point because people were preaching and teaching and proclaiming Christ everywhere. But here's the opportunity that Paul gave them. Now, this was the gospel message to the Jewish people. And he said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, the, the one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. <laughs> now, right then and there, this is the message of gospel, the gospel message to the Jews. And this was predicated all the way from the first sermon that Jesus spoke. First sermon that Jesus uh, he he spoke. He was preaching to the Jewish. All the other na nations and nationalities and, and, and groups of people were there. He came to save the Jews first. He came to expand reconciliation to them first. <clears throat> and that's a good question when we talk about what's the difference between salvation and being saved. See, when when we go, when we talk about salvation, we talk about the definition of salvation is uh, being redeemed or redeem, re, redemption. And we talk about being saved, that means we're being delivered from. So when we're being delivered from, we're being saved from something or rescued. When we are talking about salvation, we're talking about a deliverance. So that's that's different and <clears throat> because the difference is Paul says in 10 verse 9 you shall be saved that means that you're going to be delivered from your sin and see the, the intricate part about that that I love about that is when we go back into the previous chapters Paul was making a, a careful note that for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. See, God, Paul already knew that they were all sinners because of their in, because of their willingness to uphold the law and not accept Christ. So that is the sin that they have they had uphold because they did not recognize Jesus Christ as Savior or Messiah. So that wages of that sin is death, and plus their arrogance and their desire to, to just uphold the law. And when we look at it in those, those terms, that's what Paul was trying to reiterate to them. For the heart, 
one believes unto righteousness, and with his mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the other word, salvation. So you have saved in one one part, and then you have salvation in the other part. So you, you say when you're saved, that means you're delivered. Salvation means you're redeemed or the deliverance is there. So when we think about that and we read it again, say, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be delivered. Then from the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto deliverance. So you got the deliverer and then you got the deliverance. So both of those things, those are two different instances. Those are two different uh, 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 processes that take place when a person becomes born again. So see there, there you, we're not talking about born again process yet, but we're just getting to this part for the Jewish to the, the Jewish believers to understand at this point. So this is the message to the to, to the Jewish believers um, at that time. So I'm going to stop right there if anyone has something to say. Um, yes, I do. Um, I'm looking at scripture three and four. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Right there, God sent Christ he sent Christ. He sent Christ to save the Jew and the Gentile. But in this instance, he's talking about the Jews. Paul wanted them to just stop right there and accept Christ. Christ was sent by God. And when you accept Christ right there, you, you didn't have to no longer work the laws, the 613 laws perfectly, nor keep striving to accomplish um, learning the law and perfecting the law. You needed, they needed to shift their minds from the works and from all of the hard labor of trying to appease the law and stop and listen and accept Christ. Christ was, was sent by God. He was the spoken. He was the prophecy of the Messiah. He was the fulfillment of that prophecy that a, that a Messiah was coming to save his people because they were in bondage to sin, but they didn't look at really their bondage at, in a term of sin. They didn't, they didn't see that because see, we're clothed in sin. This flesh is just the sin nature of why we sin. People think sin is outward. They think the things that they do uh, quantifies or qualifies or, or labels you as a sinner. No, we're sinners because we're born with Adam's nature. And we inherited his nature to sin. So that's just in us. It's clothed on us in this flesh, this earthly suit that we walk in. So when God looks at us, he's looking at our earthly suit and he, he acknowledges what we are. We're sinful. We're sinners. And so Paul is trying to get their understanding to, he's trying to wake them up. And the reason why they can't really wake up like Paul woke up because Paul had a Holy Ghost experience and, and learning who God was. He, you know, because he was, he was like the Pharisees. He was just crazy. He was just tore up, just 
you know, like the Judaizers running around vandalizing and um, hurting Christians, killing Christians. I mean, he murdered tons of Christians and gave the approval to do so. So he was so lost and so bent backwards and destructive that in order for Paul to get set right, he had to go boom. He had to run into the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me when he spoke to Paul? So Paul had a spiritual ship. He had a spiritual born again experience with God. So that's why Paul was able to get back on the saddle and say, look, I have been there. I have operated under the law and pretty much I was the policeman of the law. So I'm trying to get your attention, but they couldn't hear Paul because they could only see him as far as they could understand him in terms of intellect and that he was just as human as they were. And plus they, many of them knew about his past. So they really didn't want to accept fully the gospel of his, the, the message coming from him. And that's why Jesus you know, God already knew it was going to be difficult for Paul to preach to the Jews because of his background, because of how he lived among them. So he said, I'm going to send your, your assignment is to go save the Gentiles. More than likely, they'll listen to you. And we know God has a purpose for everything. And going back to the Israelites, all they needed to do was to accept Christ and accepting Christ right there with that belief made them righteous before God. Because accepting Christ, that's all of our start, that's all of our starting points. Believing in Christ, believe that God sent Christ as the Messiah to save us sinners from eternal damnation for our sins. Christ, because Christ came to do a work. Christ did that work. And God did not want anybody to think that they could escape having this eternal life without accepting all of the provisions and all of the, the things that God had laid out and had spoken in prophecy. Because see, God's word, whatever he speaks, he will perform it because he has the power to do so because he is God and God alone. So yet the people, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't get their faith up. And faith also, the law as we understand was a tutor. It was like a babysitter. They, the, the law was pointing to them every time they did something wrong, just like when a babysitter watches you, you're going to get into mischief. If the babysitter don't watch you, the babies end up in the uh, bathroom, turning water on, messing with all kind of stuff. So the babies, the, the, you know, the babysitter got to get up and monitor the child because the child is not listening to the babysitter. So the law was there like a babysitter tutoring them because every time they turned around, they were breaking some type of law. And the law had to be there to let them identify with their offenses. Like a sinner would say, I don't see it there. That doesn't, that's not a law. I didn't break the law. But yet you're doing all kind of evil. And so God was like, I'm going to put it in your face. I'm going to let you see your offenses. And then also we know that even when people say that they didn't do wrong, they think wrong. We have ill thoughts. We have evil thoughts. We have sinful thoughts. And right there, they just wanted to say that, okay, we will accept the law if God will leave us alone. But see, God don't want to leave us alone because he knows that he, he knows the full plan in times to come. And that time is judgment day. That day is when every man cannot escape. It's no proper excuse when it comes down to why we did not accept this gospel, y'all, why we couldn't just seem to just get ourselves right. Because the Bible is laying out when you turn this way. Don't don't let your members sin. Okay, those are your body parts. Those are the things that you learn how to use your hands for wrong, learn how to use your mouth wrong, cursing, 
learning how not to, you know, do all kinds of things that you can't say you did not know no better because this Bible is here. And also if, if people don't read the Bible, that's why we are God's mouthpieces. That's why we are the, the next epistle. We are letters. We are walking letters, you know, so that when God's word, he said, I will put my laws into your mind and write them on your heart. And in Hebrews chapter eight, he talks about that. He no longer left it for in the Old Testament where the oldest would teach the littlest. No, he he took that out of the equation. He said, I'm going to let everybody know about the gospel because enough blood was shed. In, in time past for us to know that Christians were persecuted. So that blood right there still screams from the screams out from the grave. We are reading about Paul's persecution. Paul's, you know what I'm saying, his testimonies that he shares and um and Timothy when he tells Timothy about he was uh, shipwrecked. He was, uh, you know what I'm saying? Paul was fleeing from his life every time he got imprisoned. When he got freed, he was going from one town to the next town. Who didn't have a hit out for him? They had a hit out for him because he was demonstrating the power of God through the gospel. <laughs> and so the gospel was traveling. So good and bad was happening, but it was still allowing the news of the gospel to be spread abroad over into many, many countries and, and towns and so forth. So today we again are, are, you know, God's vessels, God's chosen ambassadors. And so the ultimate thing here is, is faith. Faith is where, where we start. And once we accept, when God knows that, when we read that scripture, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right there, right there, God releases the gift of faith to you to believe in that moment. In that moment, there's a shift in a person's heart. There's a shift. There's a hunger. There's a change. There, it's like the lights have turned on for that individual. And, and many people can stand up there at the altar and say that scripture. And many at that time are ready for it. And there's many that aren't. They leave, they leave disappointed because they didn't feel nothing. See, for one, for one, they're looking for feelings. This is not about feelings, saints. This is about your faith. God, God's word says, I've given each a measure of faith. And that measure of faith is also applied to spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts such as God's righteousness. That's a spiritual gift. God's faith, faithfulness. That's, that's a spiritual gift. God's grace. That's a spiritual gift. God's mercy. That's a spiritual gift. And God is spirit. So he's trying to teach us to learn how to walk in the spirit, know things of the spirit, discerning things of the spirit, and continually walking in God's righteousness and remaining in his will so that he can continue to fulfill his plan, his divine purpose for our lives. Everything is not going to be understood intellectually in this scripture, in these scriptures. And so that's why he wants us to to want spiritual gifts, to desire those spiritual gifts so that we can continue to be profitable and we can be, you know, we can be out here planting seeds of righteousness because whatever we sow out here for the Lord, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And, the, and why is so many few laborers? Because they want the easy way. They want everything to just be with pen and, and uh, paper. They want to be able to get, receive instructions and go do that. Just like the Israelites, they, okay, you gave us the law. They were patient enough to hear about the oracles of God. And what did they do? They left, most of them left and went right back into what they were doing the night before. And they were gathering together on on the Sabbath, they were told not to do any work but to rest and worship God and just rest in him and just worship him and give that all unto God. But yet, you know, there were many that were breaking the Sabbath. So we know that as God is guiding us and showing us that in chapter 10, 
the bottom line is that he said down here, he said chapter verses four, I mean 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you can be a Gentile, you can be a Jew calling on the name of the Lord. So the same status, the same blessing will be granted to whomever believes and put their faith in Christ Jesus. Because God, many people want to see God. They want to have a discussion with God. But right there, they have already fell so far back in condemnation that they don't even get it. They don't even understand. That's what's wrong with man. They think that they can stand up to God. They can say what they want to say because it's that evil in them. It's that darkness in them. Because that's how Lucifer was. Because Lucifer did not only acknowledge that he disobeyed God, but he also riled up and went in cahoots and got other angels to listen to him and go against God. So right there, if Lucifer had just took his disobedience and his punishment and let the other angels alone, then it would be less power he got down here to fulfill his wickedness, saints. But instead, that's what I'm telling you, men, men have darkness in their hearts. When we're born into this world, we, we automatically got darkness in us because we don't understand that the, the, the the, the, the demarcation line between righteousness and sin. And that's what God has to let us know over time through when we fall down and we hurt. And then we don't understand why we keep doing things wrong. And he started training us with when we got good parents that whoop us when they when they find out that we've done something wrong. And God wants us to learn that he is our father. We, we are his children. And he wants us to come humbly to this word and identify our our position and knowing who his son Christ Jesus is and accept that by faith. And that makes us at that starting point right with God. Amen. 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 And you know, that's important. That's a point, important point that you you made, Denise, that that we have to come to God. That means we have to lay aside our sins. We have to lay aside those weights. We have to lay aside those things that causes us to, uh, I'm, I'm going to say like the, 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 the other, the backslide, to go back against God, to go back against the knowledge of understanding that we are free, we are redeemed, we are reconciled through Christ Jesus by his burial, uh, death, burial, and resurrection. So when we lay aside those things that causes us to to go against our salvation, go against our redemption. And those things are gonna come up because we are always constantly in a battle. So just because we confess and believe the Lord Jesus and we are saved in our heart, that doesn't mean the battle ends right there. That means the battle is just beginning. That means that we have a struggle, we have a fight on our hands. And, and, and the Bible tells us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So there's a spiritual battle that starts at that moment. So lay aside the weight and the sin, that means we are free to, to accept all that God has for us in our lives. And that's what Paul wanted to really reiterate to the Jewish in verse nine, confession and believing. And then he goes on and says, you know, for the heart one believes unto righteousness. When you believe unto righteousness, that means that you are all in it. That means you're not going to shuck and jive. You're not going to half step. You're going to be all in it on Sundays 
or Wednesdays when you got Bible study, or on Friday when you got a program that you have to stand up and talk. He's talking about believing unto righteousness in the heart. That means your whole heart is 100% in it. You know, I know it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, because you, as a new Christian or a medium Christian or old Christian or as a, a leader or, or someone that has been, been in, in, uh, um, in Christianity for decades and centuries and stuff, it's never going to be easy because the accuser of the brethren is going to always be there to accuse, to tempt, to entice, to try to make you believe that what you're doing is not right or what you're believing in is all fictitious. You can see how on the news and, and on movies and stuff, all these things, how they glorify you know, witchcraft, they glorify mysticism, they glorify astroplanism, they glorify, you know, that new nation, new, new age uh, yoga and all of those things. Now, all those things for them are relevant. All those things are real and they glorify it and they put it on the news. You could do the yoga all day. You could do all those other things. You can tap into the the five or six or whatever them things that they talk about a person having a body. But when we talk about Jesus Christ, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the manifestation of God's spirit and, and, and goodness in our lives, oh, we got a problem. They finna shut us down. Oh, we talking against this and this and that and the other. But we got to stand strong as saints, y'all. We got to stand strong in our belief. We can't let and allow that weight and that sin to get into our lives and into our hearts to the point where we begin to uh, reject the message of salvation. You know, a lot of people, and we have to get to a place in our in our lives and in our walk with Christ to know that we can we can be saved and we can still attain salvation, but it has to take a process. It's a process of holiness. It's a process of being born again because the confession for the Jews and of that time were to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the son of God, to acknowledge him as their Messiah, to believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead meant that he was fully divine, that he was going to raise himself, that God was going to raise him from the dead with all power in his hands, because that's what Jesus stated. And if they believe that and they, they and he rose from the dead, that means the fulfillment of the laws, the fulfillments of the scriptures were done at that moment. And they no longer live under the law, but they were justified by faith in their belief. So they had to understand that. They had to believe that and confess it deep down in our heart, just like us today. We can go to church every day. We can live by the, the structures and the rituals and the traditions of, of, of every day that we should do every day when we are going to church. But it's the transforming and renewing of our mind in Christ Jesus. See, in Christ Jesus, that's the definitive thing. We could transform, renew our mind and Reverend so-and-so or evangelist, doctors, this and that and the other. We could do that, but is it in Christ Jesus? So we have to get to that place where our belief system and who we are and who we are as men and women of God 
it has to show Christ. It has to show the rebirth. It has to show the evidence, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us. And when it has that evidence, then that's where the process starts. Now, you're not going to always have good days. You ain't going to always be uh, speaking in tongues. You're going to always be healing the sick, raising the dead. You're not going to always have those days. And you're not going to always smile. You're not going to always have days where you can always lift your hands and say, thank you. You're not going to have those days, but that don't mean you can't make those days happen. That doesn't mean in the time of trouble that you can't tap into that Holy Spirit and you can't tap into the, the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. You can't tap into who he is in your life. That, Like Denise said, that we are, we are the next books in the testimony that people see every day in our walk and our talk and our mannerism. And that's, that's more important because when people see you, they see the son of God raised up in you. When they see your spirit, they see the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, that you're comforting others, that you're speaking life into their lives, that you're being an example of goodness and mercy like Christ uh, was on, on his life, in his life during his three years in ministry. He healed people. He talked to people. He fed people. He had love on people. The lady that came and washed his feet with the oils, he accepted her. Even the, the woman that was found in sin, he, he told her, go and sin no more. He didn't pick up a rock and try to throw at her either. You know what I mean? But he was there. And that's what we have to be as, as, as saints of God, as believers in the gospel. See, because if we believe that, that uh, God raised from the dead and we believe, confess with our mouth that he is Lord Jesus, then our confession and our belief should have evidence. And that's what, that's what we have to show others as we move forward. Amen. I want to I add to that. Um... Colossians chapter 2, there's different scriptures here, but I'm just going to go to 16. Paul was speaking to the um, Colossians. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are all, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So and it says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So right there, that whole chapter, chapter two talks about, Paul is letting them know, stop chasing after philosophies, you know, traditions and, and routines and stuff that, that we have learned that we feel makes us better human beings or more intellectual, more wiser, filled with wisdom. That's, that's, those are like pretty much, you can look at that as worldly. That's, that's worldly. What he's talking about, shift all of that to Christ. Learn who Christ is 
follow Christ because see, he's the substance of our faith. That's why we believe. That's why we even have a chance to even discuss this message because we all have been marked and called to live according to God's righteousness and to accept his son Jesus as Lord and Savior so that we will have eternal life. And so Paul wanted them to stop shortchanging themselves and being pulled astray, such as an example, thinking about how church, what you said about going to church, focusing on the activities and the things that we that makes us look more spiritual, that makes us look more strong as and, and knit together as Christians going physically to church. And the reason why we talk about church is because that's where most people can shout. That's where most people have the freedom to really talk or express how they think or feel about God. They can shout from their seat if they don't get up and they're able to tell testimonies, which we know that was banned and taken out of the churches years ago, which was of the devil. So when we look at it, that's what most people look forward to, to express that they belong to Christ and that they are a child of the Lord. But no, we must exhibit the light everywhere we go in the earth. When we go down there to pay our bill at the light company, when we, you know, go down to the school, talk to the teachers, we got to exhibit who we are in Christ Jesus at all times because that is our opportunity to pray for somebody, bring somebody to salvation, to offer them Christ. That's why I have the peace in my heart today. You know, and, and maybe they might want to hear your testimony. It's really, there's a set time for us to be able to witness about who Christ Jesus is, but God is paying attention to how much scripture, how much word that we learn and have in us that's less of the world that because the world had a grip on us. We we had a lot of, you know what I'm saying, traditions from family um, legacies that were passed down to us, taught to us indirectly and directly of what, what was in our bloodline. But when you become new, new in Christ, a new creature in Christ, Paul goes on to tell you um, in chapter three, you know, not carnality, not all that stuff that you was raised in and born in and all that stuff in your natural order. Now it's about Christ. Now it's about putting on the new man of Christ, learning how to clothe ourselves in righteousness and how to bathe in righteousness and clean our minds up and renew our minds every day. You know, all the stuff that was told to us about what we're not going to be and who we're not. You know, God is making us a new creature in him so that we can be more, you know, strong in our understanding of the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, not the philosophies of men and the stuff our jobs talk about, all the nonsense that we done heard and been around, you know, talking about 401k wealth and, you know, uh, gambling on the horses and what, wherever we were, our ears have heard a lot of things that we kind of perked up and thought about uh, attaining ourselves. But Paul is saying that should be done to us because we see what Paul had to give up. He had to give it all up, all of his background learning, all of his privileges and so forth, being a Pharisee. He gave it all up. When he got hit and knocked down on the road to Damascus, he realized right there, nothing can trump or give him that experience that he had with the living Christ. And that's what we are right now. This word is living and it's powerful. And it's speaking to our hearts as why we know this is the spiritual food. This is the food that we must continue to 
feast off of, chew and, and swallow. You know, none of it. We don't want to waste none of it. All of it has to come together inside of us so that it, it's knitting us and making us stronger in our spirit, man, so that our hearts and our souls and our mouths and our walking and our fruit and our seeds will be right before God. And when we do meet that big challenge down the road, because it's always going to be a worse day, a, a real bad day is waiting for all of us. And so that day is for us that all of this studying, all of these train, all of this training, all of our life experiences and, and victories that we've overcome, that's preparing us for that perhaps last moment of will you denounce Jesus? Will you, do you really believe in the Jesus that you're talking about, the Jesus of the Holy Bible? Yes, we do, saints. We have to prepare our faith. We have to prepare our hearts to die for this word, die for this message in us, because right there, that's the enemy. We cannot, we can't save ourselves. That's why God wants our flesh to die. He wants our carnal minds to be empty. He want to be able to take over with this with these scriptures and the Holy Spirit just stirring all of that up in us and revealing revelations and the spirit to us so that we can understand that heaven is real and there's a reward for us waiting on the other side of all of this persecution, all of this, you know, being talked about and stabbed and, you know, uh, pierced against because we believe in this truth, not something this organization believes in, that movement or this this rowdy crowd over here and all what the news talks about all day long, you know what I'm saying? They they make everything that goes on in this world a God. They, they, but they don't promote love. They don't promote forgiveness. They don't promote you to hold on to your faith. They don't promote you to, you know, help your neighbor to calm all of this evil down. No, they're not. They're, every man is for himself over here. This is not a communist country, but yet there are countries that are communist. And we know right there, they come in at any time and take, if you got more than anybody else, they're going to take it. So, we just, we just know that God tells us his word is a treasure hidden in our hearts. Like David said, hide your word inside my heart, Lord, that I will not sin against you. Because when he's, when he's about to sin or he's faced with sin, then the word of God is revealed. Don't do it. You know, the Holy Spirit is helping him to not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And that's what God wants us to get our minds off of ourselves, get our minds off our flesh, because this flesh is, is decaying every day. It's dying and it's losing all of its momentum and, and, the, and the will and all that stuff that we thought 20 years ago we still want to do today. We don't even think about that crap we wanted to do 20 years ago. We think we do, but we don't. We're changing. And so God wants us to change continually, continually change according to how this word is so that when our transition to leave here, our spirits will be right with God as he prepared us and we will know him when we hear his voice, when he calls us on the day of redemption, we will rise up out of the grave, knowing our savior lives, knowing our shepherd is Jesus and, and realizing these scriptures were so real before, before we even get to that point. But you know, he gives us, he gives us glimpses of that glory over there. He gives us the times and the moments to shout about the victories that we knew only God did for us. He gives us those, those sweet, moments and dreams, you know what I'm saying? And gives us prophecies that have come to pass, prophecies that will come to pass if we hold on to our faith. And what he's doing now, he's, he's holding those other great, wonderful things because he wants this in us more than we want that thing that we believe we want. Because we always want something more when we're in this flesh. You know, we get we get bored. And we don't understand how we're getting bored, but that's what the enemy does. He, won't, he, he knows how to set us up to trip us. So, 
And what you were saying, Christ being the head from the head whom all the body, we are the body, we are the members of the body of Christ. And so he's the head. So whatever Christ wants, that's what we should want. Whatever Christ's will is, that's what we should want. We should, you know what I'm saying? That's what God is saying. Learn my will. Learn my will in my word for you. I, it's my will to give you eternal life, that you will be with me in glory eternally in heaven, you know, worshiping me, loving me. You won't have this sinful tent that you're living in that's going to be rebelling against me and you feel too tired and you can't get up and you can't worship me we're gonna have spiritual bodies that's what the word of god is telling us so we gotta therefore now understand the spiritual mind that we must adapt to the spiritual mind that we must sit under the the, the tutoring of the holy spirit so that we can be guided and we can walk in victory and not go back to the law or feel like all oh, this stuff is just too much to understand no we ain't supposed to understand it in one day we just just got to grow in this. We got to keep growing this. Like he said in this scripture up here um, where I was at, it said um, right here, it said head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. God is going to increase our understanding, increase our spiritual knowledge so that we can be what God says, be in the authority of the power of God that rests in us, that Satan and nobody else can knock us and take this faith out of us. I mean, we, we are intimidating the earth anyway when we just love Jesus because everybody is running around pretending that they love something and they're part of something, but they're lost, they're confused, and they're wearing a mask, and Satan wants you to follow something that is nothing but a total lie. So right here, this is the foundation, and we are free in Christ Jesus to do this today. Amen. 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 I'm going to open up if anyone have uh, anything to add at this moment. Amen. I uh, enjoyed everything that was uh, said. Uh, it was a blessing. It's pretty full. You know, um, I always consider Romans as a pretty meaty uh, book um, and everything. And uh, it's one of those books you just can't zip through real fast. You have to go a bit slow uh, and, and, and really get it. And so... Um, you all have uh, expounded on it very, very well. Um, there's nothing I can really add to it. You all have really picked it apart um, very well. Amen. 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 God bless. Amen. Uh, one of the points I wanted to make was, you know, you when we think about it, when we think about Paul's uh, character, Paul's demeanor when he was addressing the Jewish people in Romans 10. You know, he was saying, uh, whoever believe on him shall not be put to shame. So if you, if you put it in that context, he was letting them know, come on out of that corner. Come on out of that corner, like the church, like that song, come out of that corner, you can't hide. You know, he was, he was inviting them. He was telling them, you know, it's okay to believe that Jesus is the son of God. It's okay to confess your mouth, the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. It's okay. Um, you won't be put to shame. You won't be put to shame for that reasoning. You know, and he's telling them, you know, there's no distinction between the Jew nor the Gentile. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. So that meaning there was nothing going to be lost in Christ Jesus for them. 
It was nothing that they were going to be withheld from them. You know, when they call upon the name uh, and they believe that Jesus is son of God. So he was inviting them. It's like an altar call for them. You know, he was like, come on, come like, like, you know, come to us, come to Jesus. This is come to Jesus moment. Come out of the, the corner of uh, being restricted, being re re reserved uh, under the law and nothing will be held against you. You won't be even put to shame because this is the time. This is the time that you all have prayed for all these decades, all these millennia for the Messiah. All you have to do is, is confess and believe. See, they had to confess with their mouth and they had to believe with their heart because that right then and there, that closed that chapter for the Old Testament writings and the, the, the laws that closed that chapter in their life and that started a new chapter of belief and being justified by faith through grace and, and understanding that they're no longer bound to the, the, the carnalities of sin and more uh, free to worship by faith. And that's, that's important to know because when we shift it over to how uh, Paul was uh, expressing salvation and salvation and being saved to the Gentiles. It was a different. It was a different um, message of salvation and hope. If we go to First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, it gives the, the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. See that that's important. If you know in Romans, he says first to the Jew then to the Gentiles. So we can't just talk about the Jews confessing and believing that they're going to be saved without going to the Gentiles and showing how God uh, offers salvation, the message of salvation to them. And it reads uh, what Paul was doing. He was talking to the church in uh, Colossia or the Corinthian saints and he was began to explain to them. Now you got to understand the background of Corinth, and um, at that time, that area was rich in spirituality, uh, mysticism. They believed in witchcraft, divination. They believed in all those things, and and that was the like the mecca of of witchcraft, divination, and and, and those things. Um, so they they. They worship different gods. They worship different idols. They did all sorts of things. But one thing that they didn't do, they didn't worship the one true God. You know, that was that space that they talked about, the, the one true God that they knew was there, but they didn't worship him. So here comes Paul now on the scene, and he's talking to them. Now, there were some believers there that was um, proselytized during the first journey or the second missionary journey. So now he's come, he's talking to him again. And now there's another group that are there. So he's trying to get that message, to reiterate that same message to them. And he's saying, for I delivered to you first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to scriptures. See, Paul right there is acknowledging or, or explaining to them the same that he did um, back in Romans, but it was a different tone with it. See, the first tone was 
in Romans 10 and 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Here he's saying Christ, he's telling them. Now see, because he had to explain it to them that way. They only knew of what happened, that there was someone over there that got that died on the cross and they claimed that he was the, the son of God. That was the Gentile understanding because they had these other gods that they were worshiping. So now Paul had to put that in perspective for them so that they can understand. Because, see, they weren't under the law. They didn't have those 613 laws. They didn't have the scriptures of the Old Testament. They had understanding and knowledge that the God of the Israelites was a, a one true, was a, was a strong God, was a mighty God. Don't mess with him. You know, Rahab said that. She, she was like, well, we heard of your God. So she they she heard of their God. And they, they were not, you know, they were getting ready to get um, this captive and, um, and destroyed by the children of Israel. They were ready to go there and possess their land. And Rahab was like, we know your God, though. You know, whatever you want, we're going to do it for you. And Rahab had faith right then and there. So here, Paul now is explaining to them that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. Now, our meaning, he was including them now. He was making them included in the message of salvation. He was including them in the message of faith. So he's saying and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to scriptures. So see, Paul was putting, um, putting validation. He was putting clarification because he's saying according to scripture, that's not hearsay. That meant it was written that it, this was gonna happen. So see, the Gentile people and the people that believe in mysticism, they go with the books, they go with the writings, they go with the, the, uh, the, the documentations and the incantations and those things that they can write and conjure and do those things when they read it. And see, he's saying, according to scriptures, these are the things that were supposed to happen. So he's offering that message of salvation and hope to the Gentiles now. Now, all that they have to do now is believe. You know, and it says, <clears throat> and he that has been fallen asleep by Cephas, then by the 12, after that he had seen, had hit, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. So he was, he was explaining, he was giving evidence to the Gentiles that, okay, people saw him. People have witnessed him, 500 have saw him. And a greater part, they are still bearing witness today. That's why the gospel, the good the message of salvation. And the message of salvation was that Jesus said, I go and I come, I go to prepare a place and I will come again and receive you. And he that believeth in me will not die. And those are the messages of salvation that um, he that believeth in me and is baptized shall be saved. Those are the things that, that were being proclaimed to those, that there's a new way. That's, that's a new way. And even the Gentiles had to lay aside their sinful thoughts. But see, they didn't know what sin was. They didn't know that the sin that God's 
looked upon as sin was the things that they grew up doing. So a lot of times we have to show people, talk to people, explain to people what sin is. We can't just automatically say, oh, you're a sinner or you're doing something wrong or you shouldn't be doing that. We have to show them. We have to lead them the way that Paul did. He, he, led, he, he wrote out you know, how Christ died and, and everything according to scriptures. We have to go to people in scripture. When we see them doing something that we believe is sinful, we have to be able to point it out to them where we believe is sinful at. We can't just go to them and say, oh, you're going to die and go to hell. You need to stop that stuff, this and that and the other. You know, that's that's good and fine because we know it's sin. But when you explain it and you start to express to them what sin actually is, which is a disobedience to the, the will of God or an act that is not pleasing to God then we could quantify what sin is. Amen. So laying aside the sin, that's what we want to continue to talk about. Laying aside the sin. When do we lay aside the sin? You know, and Romans, I mean, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore we are also surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with it through the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. So when we are, so all of us are witnesses today. All of us understand and know that Jesus died and rose in our lives and, and Jesus have, have saved us and we are on our path to salvation and we are in a path of holiness. We are walking that process of holiness out. You know, we have to lay aside our thoughts, the carnality, the things that come against us in the, the, at night or the things that that plague us about our past. Sometimes our past come to haunt us at three, four, two, three, four in the morning that condemns us or tries to condemn us. But when we are believers and when we know that we have been touched by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is ruling and abiding in our lives, then that weight should easily fall up off of us. That weight should easily leave us because we know that there's a hope and we are saved by grace. And grace is the unmerited favor that we have attained just by believing. And that's important. When we talk about the, the both of the ways that salvation was, was uh, given to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. We, it all starts with believing that Jesus died for our sins. And that's the message moving forward that we should always go and talk to others about, whether they may go to church or not go to church. That message of salvation should always be at the core that do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe that he rose from the, from, from the, from the dead? Do you believe that he died for our sins? See, those things are 
the, the, the most important things that we should be talking about, evangelizing to people, doing, telling them that God loved them so much that he gave his son, that God, that his son willingly gave his life for our sins. When we start talking on those levels and not talking on a level that you stop doing that, you sinner, the book of Leviticus, Leviticus this and the book of Deuteronomy this and all of those things that people are throwing out there, you're missing you're missing the message of salvation. You're missing the, the core essence of what Christianity is about. It's not about point fingers. It's not even about judging anybody. It's not even about pointing out a person's sin because the sin point was already uh, covered under the cross when Jesus died. All those sin points, you point out all those things in the Old Testament, let that go. <laughs> Let that go. Let's start focusing on Jesus and, and him crucified and him raised from the dead and all power is in his hand and being filled with the Holy Spirit and being able to walk and being manifested in the fruits and the gifts of the spirit. When we start exhibiting that as a body of believers, like Denise said, the different branches or the different members and the different uh, you know, components of the body start coming together, walking in the same way. We won't have somebody pointing their finger to the left and another one walking to the right. Then you kind of out of balance. But when everybody's on that one accord talking and speaking the same thing, Jesus died for your sin. God loves you. You know, this is what sin is. This is how you live a life that's pleasing to God. This is how you build a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is how the Holy Spirit indwells you. This is how you can be born again. When we start talking on those things, then people start taking notice. They say, oh, those Christians over there, them some real Christians. They they taught me how to live right. They taught me how to uh, to love. They taught me how to build a closer relationship with God. Those are the things that bear fruit then because they'll be able to, to do the same thing that the old apostles did and the old believers. They began to share the good news of the gospel with those that wanted to hear it. When we have so much persecution and things going on in our lives right now, people are looking for truth. People are looking for some help. People are looking for a kind word or a good word. And our good word and kind word doesn't have to always equate um, that we're stroking someone's ego or doing anything like that. It's a simple word that, hey, you know, I love you. What, what do you need? Showing the, the fruits of the spirit, showing the gifts of the spirit and, and, and love, everything that we do in love. People might not like it. They might not understand it. But if we're doing it according to our faith and to give God glory, then God will be glorified. Amen. 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 So uh, I'm going to, this concludes today's discussion. I pray that everyone um, have been blessed by it. If anyone has anything to say before we close, I'm going to yield for the next few minutes. Amen. So we're going to Take that as everyone, all minds and hearts are clear and everyone um, are in good spirits and good love. And I thank you all for joining. I just, I just believe that God is, is such a great God and such a loving God. And 
I just want everyone to know that God loves you. God loves, loves you. He might not love what you're doing, but he loves you, the person. And if you're going through a struggle or if there's something that's going on in your life that you having trouble with, you know, pray. Extend a word of prayer to God and just tell God that you need him. Tell God that, that you love him and that you might not be perfect. You might not have all your act together, but you're calling on him for help. And if you trust him enough to help you, I believe he's trusting enough to help you. <laughs> if you come to your, if you go to him and deeply in your heart and believe that he will be there for you, he'll meet you. He will show you who he is. He will, he will proclaim who he is in your life. And that would be your testimony. And that would be your message of, of hope. And that would be your uh experience. So we thank you and we God bless you for joining us. And we're going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to come together again. You have been so good to all of us and your word is so beautiful and we want to continue to feast and learn about your word and grow in the knowledge and wisdom of your word, Heavenly Father. Father, we're so grateful for just learning about your son, Jesus, and we put our faith in Christ Jesus, because we know, Lord, that we are nothing alone. We are nothing, Lord God, without you. We're so grateful to be called children of, of yours. And God, we pray that you will continue to protect our loved ones, keep us safe during these times that we are living in. These are turbulent times. One, one day, it seems things are getting better in the world and things are just falling apart. Lord, we pray that your grace and your blood will continue to smear us and cover us and mark us and claim us, Lord, because we want to fulfill our purpose in this, in this time that you have blessed us, Lord God, to be here in the earth. Lord, I pray that you will just continue to work out your plans and your power, Lord God. We pray that it will be revealed, Lord God, in the scriptures as we believe the scriptures, Lord, about your message. We are so grateful to have learned about Jesus and to come together in fellowship from week to week, Lord. Lord, we know that the enemy, if he had his way, we would have been dead, laid out in our grave. But we are so grateful, almighty God, tonight. We're grateful, God, that you spared us by your power, by your mercies, by your grace, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for just being a present help, being a teacher, being a guide, just always opening up our eyes and telling us how to study, when to study, and to keep it on our hearts, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for just guiding us in the spirit to know your spirit and to know that you're telling us the things that the Father will have for us to learn and know about. And we're so grateful, God. God, we're so grateful with all of our hearts. We know that you are the um, omnipotent God. You are the monotheistic God of Israel. And Lord, we're so grateful to be adopted into the faith. We're so grateful, God. We don't know how to explain it in words, but we are so thankful to even say the words grace in Jesus, the blood of Jesus. We have freedom in Christ Jesus. We're so grateful, God, to say those words, Lord. There are so many people that are in their graves. They are alive, walking corpse, Lord God, walking around in the earth, and they're talking all kind of stuff crazy out of their minds, Lord God. Lord, we're so grateful that you called us out of the world. You called us, Lord God, out of our sickness, out of our crazy ways, Lord. Lord, we thank you for setting our feet on good ground, solid ground, Lord God, helping us to run 
Run like never before, Lord God, in this race of faith. Run with the knowledge of Jesus. Run with the word of Jesus in our bellies and in our mouths, oh God. God, we thank you for the new song that you're giving us today. Thank you, God, for the new song of the gospel, Lord. Believing that Jesus lives. Jesus is the resurrection Christ. We believe in your power, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. Jesus, we are grateful to know that we have a place in heaven with you. We're grateful, Lord, to know that all of our sins have been washed under the blood, Lord. All our sins have been washed under the blood. We're thankful, God, no matter what man says about us, no matter how man tries to persecute us, Lord, we're so grateful to have favor with you, almighty God. We're grateful, God, to know that with, we don't have nothing, God. We, we, can, we didn't bring anything in this world. We can't take anything out of this world, Lord. Lord, help us to not cling to these material things, to cling to the flesh, Lord God. Lord, help us to keep striving for your righteousness in the spirit with the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord God, to continue to have eyes of faith and ears that we will hear in the spirit, Lord, and that we will discern and that we will continue to taste and see that Jesus is good over and over and over again. Lord, we thank you right now for the power, Lord, that rests upon our hearts with the gospel to believe. God, we thank you for just letting us know that we need a savior. We can't do anything without Jesus. Jesus, we know that you live. Jesus, we want you every moment of the hour, every second, Lord, that you let us breathe. God, we thank you for the ability to get up this morning, to put clothes on, to be closed in our right minds, oh God. God, I pray that you would just continue to show us, God, your ways and to guide us, Lord, so that we can continue to hunger and thirst after your word and not after material things and after the things in the world that people can't wait to go crazy over, Lord. Lord, help us to continue to stay rooted in your word and in the foundation of the truth of the gospel. Lord, we will be ambassadors till you call us home, God. We will stand in the gap Lord, for those who are just lost. Lord, help us to usher your people to the gospel, to help your people, Lord, to learn and to feast at the table. Almighty God, we come, Lord God, hungering, thirsting after your righteousness. Help guide us, Lord. Keep us safe. Keep our children safe. Keep our, keep our home safe, Lord God. Keep all the evil influences and demonic attacks, Lord God, off of us, away from us, Lord, so that we can continue to rest in you, God. Rest in your presence and rest in your peace, oh Lord. Lord, we pray that you will continue to give us favor wherever we may go in the earth every day. Lord, cover us when we go into the stores and go to work and and do our jobs, almighty God. And when we wake up and take care of business and all kinds of things, Lord, because we see that the news is reporting all the evil, Lord God, that they just cannot contain. We know that there's more going on, Lord, that the devil don't want us to know or want anybody to know, Lord God, that's out there. But we know, God, you are shielding us for a purpose. You're shielding us, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you for that protection because we can rest better. We can, Lord God, continue to study and, and show ourselves approval, God. Lord, I pray as you establish each and every one of us in your word and where you want to position us in the future, Lord. We pray and I pray, Lord God, that your words will flow out of our mouths, Lord God, out of our bellies, oh God. God, I pray that men and women will cry out to you and want more and more of you, God, and less and less of the things that they thought was right and the things they thought was good to have. Lord, I pray that you will shake up those things, Lord God, that holds us back to not believe fully because, God, in our last breath, we need you. Right now, we have life. 
right now. We have it and we need you right now, oh God. God, please be with us. Visit us every day. Lord, be with us as we continue to cry out to you for victory. Cry out to you, oh God, for just continual understanding. Continual, Lord God. Fill us up, Lord God, until we just burst open, Lord God, to be in your presence, oh Lord, to thirst and hunger and run to you, God. When the end of the day is over and when the beginning of the day, we wake up, waking up, thanking you, God, loving on you, God, waking up at any hour, Lord God, just thanking you, God, for just knowing that we still can say thank you. We thank you. We know the joy is saying thank you. Thank we you. thank you, God. We thank you. Lord, we can't say it enough because we know that, that if somebody else, Lord God, was in our lives that were not from you, God, we know we would be catching all kind of hell, left and right, Lord, but we thank you for deliverance from those evil people, Lord, yes. that was held up in our lives, Lord. We thank you right now, oh God, that we have all a right mind to want to run to the word, to run a, to want to come together, Lord God, and fellowship with somebody about you, Jesus. We thank you for this tonight, Jesus, because we know that we were so far away from this understanding years ago. We were so far away from this moment in time, but God, you set it on your calendar that we would worship you on this day, March 25th, 2021. Lord, we thank you. We know that you have so many great divine moments for us, Lord God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, and we will be forever grateful. God, watch over our loved ones. Save them, Lord. Help us to live this truth, Lord God, so that they will know when their time comes that this is real. This is real, God, because they will remember the saints before them as we hold on to the the witnesses, Lord God, that you have laid out in these scriptures for us to remember how it was not easy and how it's not going to be easy for any of your children, but we must hold on and lay aside every weight that besets us, Lord, as we continue to run. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray that we will all make it over there in glory to be with you. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of all of us. Amen. 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 God bless you all, and I pray that the prayer touches every heart and mind, and that we all are covered under the blood. So you all have a blessed night. May your day be filled with joy. And we'll talk with you again on next week. God bless you, everyone. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Good night.